0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. For more information, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Well, good morning again, and what a way to start the day. Don't you just wish you could start every day like this? Yeah. Gathering with family, worshiping God, celebrating His goodness, and thank you all for coming out on this uh This last Sunday in our current study, and if you haven't already, grab your handouts, get ready to take some notes. We've got a side you can do that. Uh, At the bottom of that particular page is a every next step is available at connectionschurch.church. So if you're ever wondering how you can get connected, get involved, get, get to be a part of what God's doing here, jump on our website. It's full of great opportunity and information that you don't want to miss out on. But right now, get ready to take some notes as we conclude our study upside down kingdom if you've missed any of this you can go back and check it out on our facebook page or website there are links there to get involved and check out what's happening if you need to catch up on some of our sunday morning messages now as we conclude this study entitled upside down kingdom we do so by looking at probably the hardest thing that jesus tells us to do Maybe the strangest thing, maybe the most jaw-dropping command of them all. And Jesus gave this statement in his famous Sermon on the Mountain. I'm sure that he lost a lot of the crowd on this particular section of it. I'm sure there were a lot of people out there that when they, they heard it, they, they looked at the person beside him and said, What did he say? Did, did, I, did I hear that correctly? Am I, am I missing something? Because I I just might be tuned out for a second thinking about what we're going to eat for lunch after this whole thing's over with. And, and did I, did I miss something? Because I didn't just hear what I think I just heard. You ever, you ever responded like, you ever felt like that when you heard something that sounded so wild, so incredibly crazy, so off the chain that that it just kind of staggered you for a moment? And then once everybody kind of settled in that, yep, that's exactly what he said. I, I kind of feel like that maybe he might have lost some people at that point. That maybe some people said, you know, I've been tracking with him up to this point, but, but he says something like this. There, there's no way. I, I'm out. I'm done. I, I, can't, I can't accomplish that. If you'll listen as we look out of the book of Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 27, you have your Bibles. You can turn there and follow along. But if not, just, just listen to, to what Jesus says here. To understand why it's so tough, it's probably the the toughest love there is. He begins by saying, but I say to you who hear this, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To one, as we talked about a few weeks ago, who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. Because if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them, and if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same, and if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners. Lend to sinners and get back the same amount. But listen to this last part, church. But love your enemies. There he said it again. And do good and lend, expecting another in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. Do me a favor right now, and just for a moment, think in your own Mind. Picture, if you will, in your own head, you know, that that little theater we all have where we kind of escape and dream and we see these big pictures of things or maybe even small portraits of things that that we wish for, we think about, that we daydream about. Just do that for a moment, and I'm going to ask this one question of you. Think about, if you will, your enemy. Get that person On the screen of your mind just for a moment. Or for some of you it may be those people. You might have a number of people that you consider an enemy. And again it might not be by your own doing. You you might not want it that way. But for whatever reason it's kind of whoop landed right there. That they have determined for themselves to be an enemy of you. If you would just kind of have that picture right now in front of you. And by doing that, once again, be reminded that Jesus, two times in this passage that we just read, said for us to love that person or those people. Pretty simple, huh? (laughs) We could just pray right now and say, we got it, Lord. Thank you and amen. Let's go eat chicken, right? (laughs) No? No? Well, the big takeaway that we're going to focus on this morning is simply this. Number one on your outline, we are to love our enemies. And if you'll notice with me as we march through that particular section of, of his Sermon on the Mount, he gives no wiggle room. There are no exceptions. I mean, there's no subparagraphs or, or sections that follow that and say, you love your enemy except if they've done this. Or or you can disqualify this statement if they have treated you this way. Or you can just forget about what I said if subsection 3 says, if they have done these things. No, there, there are no addendums to it, right? There are no subsections. There are no outs, no wiggle room, No no ways of escaping this command to us as God's people. Now understand, this isn't to those who belong to this world right now who are far from God, who are not serving, following children of the king, have surrendered their lives. This is for Christ's followers. And for all Christ's followers, he commands us, not just suggests to us, to love our enemies. Pretty tall order. This makes no sense whatsoever in the natural realm, does it? Because we already know what the natural man wants to do, what the flesh wants to do. We've talked about it a couple of times already. In the study, it wants to rise up and it wants to strike back. And if you hate me, I want to hate you back. If you consider yourself my enemy, then you know what? I declare I am your enemy. We'll just butt heads and hate each other. No wiggle room. We just don't like, we're just enemies. But you see, here's the catch. We don't just exist in the natural realm. We are spiritual beings that are dwelling here temporarily, right? We are, as, as Paul said, just passing through. This is a, a temporary moment for us in eternity's landscape. And so we've got to understand that we don't act as flesh and blood. We don't live according to the rules of, of natural society, of, of natural humanity. We are above that as the people of God, or we are supposed to be. So therefore, when we read through passages of Scripture, and and I hope you are reading through Scripture, because that is a call of God on us as His people to know Him. And one of the best ways we get to know Him is through knowing His Word and putting His Word inside of us. And as we travel through, what we have a tendency to do is kind of pick and choose what we want to adhere to, what we want to gravitate towards, what we want to rally around. Oh, the fun, good-feeling, exciting stuff. Yes, count me in. Lord, I'm going to heaven. Praise God. I love that passage. Lord, you want me to love my enemies? Let's just skip over that one and go, go back to the one where it says, I'm going to heaven. Go back to the one that says, hey, I'm getting a crown, and, and I'm getting all these rewards. And what? That's going to be great. So let's just not dwell or look at it. Let's just forget they're even there. You ever kind of done that? But here's the problem. It's the whole counsel of God's word that we're called to adhere to, to embrace, to follow, not just the good feeling stuff. So when you come across a command like this, it calls you to ask the question, why, why should we live like this? I mean, if you think about it, these are truly radical sayings by Jesus. Everything the world teaches us about human relationships is totally wrong. Compared to what most of us have heard, the words of Jesus are literally out of this world. That is, they come from another place altogether, and that's absolutely true. So if we take these words seriously as we are supposed to, we will often find ourselves at odds with the conventional wisdom most people take for granted. So why then should we live this way? What, what's in it for us? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because I, I, I sense you asked that question, right? Turn to your neighbor and said, "You ask right. I know I did. Well, let me just give you a couple things. First of all, Jesus gives us two answers to this question. Number one, you will receive a great what? What? I like that. You're paying attention. A great reward. How many of you love rewards? How many of you had that motivate you during school? The teacher say, "Man, you guys get this test. You pass and everything, and I'll give you twenty extra minutes on the playground." I was. I was, man, I was pushing hard to, to pass because I love playground. That was my favorite subject. Always, I took P.E. every year in high school. I mean, the last couple of years, I only had like three classes because I was on work release. I got out early, went into my job, and, and one of those classes every single year it was P.E. We love rewards. We love to be rewarded and get things for for good things. And and so that's exactly what happens here. I think you primarily means that great rewards are going to come in heaven. But I want us to know that there are also great rewards even in this life when we actually love our enemies. Maybe the greatest reward is that by loving our enemies, we are, write this down because you don't want to miss this. We are set free from bitterness and anger. Now, some of you come in this room today and you start hearing this, you're like, why didn't I schedule my vacation this week? Why am I not at the beach or up at the mountains or out on a cruise or or just somewhere lost in the wilderness? Why am I here this week? Because this is hard stuff. But get this, a great reward is being freed from bitterness and anger. And I've known those things in my life before personally, as I've shared many other times on on occasions. but, But to be free from that and not have that reside in your life is incredible. And the reason that it does it is because love and hate cannot coexist in the same place at the same time. If we love our enemies, then we're not going to be able to hate them. And it's really as simple as that, but as powerful as that. What a reward. Folks, I'm just going to tell you the truth about the reward system, too. I mean, rewards are great, and Jesus promises all kind of amazing, incredible things when we get to heaven and and, and amazing, incredible things here on this earth. But honestly, we don't love him for rewards. We don't serve him for rewards. We love him because, as the Bible tells us so plain and powerfully, he first, what? Loved us. So, my goodness, can we not just help but just pour out our love back to him? Forget the rewards, although they're going to be great, and we are promised those, and they will happen. But, man, do we just want to love him because he loves us, amen? Amen. Period. Nothing else is needed. Man, the God of the universe that created everything spoke us and made us and and put us here on this planet just to love us. And he does so day in and day out, faithful as the sun coming up and going down every single day. His love, the Bible says, never fails. But there are rewards that, that are coming for this. But secondly... By doing so, Jesus says that we will demonstrate that we are a true child of God. Can I tell you about God just for a moment? Do you mind if I do that? Is that okay? God specializes in being kind to the unkind. God is a specialist showing mercy to mean people. What about us? We have a tough time with that one. You flip me off, I'm going to flip you off, Right? I mean, let's just be real. Let's be honest. It's church. Amen. One of the top ten is thou shalt not whoop bear fault witness or lie. I mean, that's the way it goes, but God just loves showing mercy to me, people. He specializes in showering grace upon sinners, and we are all sinners, right? If you don't think you are, then remind somebody nearby you yep, you are. Just go ahead and tell them that. And he loves to turn enemies into friends. And when we love our enemies, we're showing forth the character of God to the world and proving that we are part of God's family. Hey, church, listen to this. There ought to be a family resistance that unsaved people can very easily see. When they see us, they should be seeing not this, but a, a glimpse of God and his glory that's changed this from what it used to be to what it's becoming more and more and more into the image of the unseen, powerful, amazing, incredible, forgiving, graceful, merciful God. That's what the world is dying to see right now and every one of God's children. And that's why this text ends with these words, be merciful, even as your father is merciful. Did you get that? Your Father. If we say that God is our Father, then we have an obligation to show forth his character to this world that we exist in for this moment in time. And what better way to do it than by the way that we treat our enemies? And can I just be real, 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 real with you right now? Thank you, Jesse. This was a tough one. Kind of wanted to skip this one this week myself and just go on vacation. (laughs) And the reason why is because I haven't always done a good job at this in my life. And I'll tell you the reason why, because it's not easy. We can get up and preach to you guys on Sunday, but guess what? We have to live it out every single day just like you do. And I'm going to be the first to admit because nobody else knows me that well except my my wonderful bride who is incredible and and she could tell you too I haven't always done a good job with this one but coming into it today I said God change me in every one of these ways that I need to be changed and I need to uh, apply this to my life now at this point you may be asking well who are my enemies and you kind of I hope identified some of those in your mind's eye just a little bit earlier and you know, the, in, in the broadest sense, an enemy is anyone who turns against me. The dictionary defines an enemy as one who feels hatred towards, intends injury to, or opposes the interest of another. It's, it's important as we think about what Jesus said that we not restrict the term enemy to people like Saddam Hussein or Osama bin Laden. They were enemies of our nation, but I mean, quite honestly, these two men never did anything personally to any of us in this room, I, I would dare say, with the exception of maybe a distant relative who, who had suffered some loss from-, from the 9-11 tragedy, something like that, but, but we-, we tend to hear that word enemy and think big on a big scale, a broad international scale and that kind of thing, but th- that's not the reality of where most of us live. Listen, listen to how we break this down. In, in fact, my personal in- enemies tend to be closer, a whole lot closer to home, <laughs> As a matter of fact, home is the first place to look for some enemies, right? I mean, it's tragic that you have to say that, but Jesus himself said in in Matthew chapter 10, verse 36, a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. What? Yep. That's exactly right. Many times, the most incredibly difficult enemies are the people that are a part of our families. It's crazy. In this very passage, he specified three very close relationships that can go sour. Number one is a father and, and son. Number two is a mother and her daughter. Number three, it really wasn't that surprising, but it's a mother-in-law and her daughter-in-law. <laughs> just kidding. I had to lighten the mood just a touch there. <laughs> I mean, we can easily spring from that list to other close relationships, including parent, child, husband, wife, and and out to the grandparents, uncles, aunts, and then various distant relatives. The enemies we are told to love usually are not people in Iraq or North Korea. Most of us will never visit those two countries, but we do have to go home every day and face the people that may not be that excited to see us walk through the door, right? As a matter of fact, just... Who in this room even, don't have to raise your hand, can say without a doubt, yep, I'm living this right now. Living it right now. Every week, how about this one? We work with people who may not like us very much, may have declared that we're an enemy. You got that raise, that promotion, that whatever I was wanting, and I don't like you for it. To which you respond, try working just a little bit. They might see that, acknowledge that, and reward that. If you would actually do something rather than search your phone for where you're going to go on vacation next or where those shoes are on sale at that you've been dying to get, I mean, actually get up and do just a wee little bit for the help and the good of the company and quite possibly you might get recognized and they might say, Hey, you're doing a great job. We want to promote you. No. Instead, they just want to get mad at you for doing your job. Now, I'm painting a good picture about you folks because I know most of you firsthand, and I know you're a good, hard worker, nose to the grindstone. You're not letting up, man. You're going to honor God in your work life, in your home life, and everything. But but you know what I'm saying? There are enemies at work, and dare I say it? I'm going to have to come down here where you're at because you're going to about fall out of your chair, and I want to be ready to catch you when you do. So I'm needing to know where I need to be close to, but... Might even have an enemy at church. Not this one, I know. This one, we got it all down, man. We're tracking really well, but some churches, Brother Smith will walk in and see Brother Jones and just, hmm, like George Jefferson used to. You thought this was the day, wouldn't <laughs> Whew, it almost was, okay? Sister Bertha looks over at Sister Frieda and Still getting close to that age. Why? On the same team. The family of God. Listen, folks, these are the places where enemies spring up. These are the people that tend to let something get under their skin and turn it into a big deal. And listen, we may be guilty of that. I know I gave you some accolades a moment ago, but guess what? You and I have feet of clay. We still struggle with sin. We still blow it sometimes. Me, you, all of us turn to somebody and say, you do and I do. We all do. Go ahead. That sounds good to say. I mean, it's a lot of fun rolling off the tongue. We all blow it sometimes. We all have bad. Days we all sometimes are not in the best happiest wonderful zippity doo dah moods when we come in and somebody says something well brother so and so said I oh, yeah I'm sick of this I'm, you know, whatever God help us Christians can hurt each other deeply and repeatedly sometimes we do it deliberately man you need you need a heart trans transformation you got heart issues. If you're inflicting pain on others deliberately, you need to come to Jesus. Because that ain't him, right? Am I right or am I wrong? Sometimes the people we love the most will turn against us. And sometimes it will happen over and over again. Sometimes your children can be your enemy. Sometimes your husband. Sometimes your wife. Sometimes your parents could be your enemy. Certainly your ex Wife, ex-husband could be your enemy. I know how that goes. So here's what we got to understand. Look at me right now. It's not just people out there. It's not just people halfway around the globe that's threatening to bomb and blow up our our country and doesn't want our way of life to to march. It's not just those folks. That's a broader scale. It's about the people that we live with, rub shoulders with, that we've been a part of their lives. They've been a part of our lives. Certainly could be family members, coworkers, neighbors. It could be the church people that you attend church with, somebody in there. It's this stuff, and it's this stuff that we got to get right. And it's this stuff that Jesus, I believe, is addressing big time in this particular sermon, not just to those gathered on that little hillside on that historical day that he delivered the greatest preaching message ever in the face of this planet, but he's delivering to us right now here at Connections Church 2019, the last Sunday in July, to love those enemies. I just want to put this out there. This is, and write this down, the final step in forgiveness. The final step in forgiveness. As I was opened up to this last couple of weeks getting ready for this, someone made this statement that I read over. We have not totally forgiven until we can bless those who have hurt us terribly, deeply. To say it another way, we cannot be set free until we set them free to be blessed by the Lord. And I want to run through very quickly seven ways that we can do that and we can be free from this stuff. And we can truly be obedient to what Christ has called us to do in this steep calling. Number one is simply this, to greet them greet your enemies. This is a simple step that we often overlook, myself included. One part of loving our enemies is to greet them graciously when we see them. And then this translates like this. You're in Walmart. They're in Walmart. You don't know that. They started at the back. You started at the front. Actually, I always start at the back. How many of you are back starting people and you work your way forward? How many of you are forward starting people? You work your way back. Nevertheless, but that's what happens in this scenario that I'm laying out before you. And you start zigzagging those aisles and you get to the middle and you're like, oh man, praise you, Jesus. What a wonderful day. I love you, Lord. You're so good. Hey! Get my buggy, I'm going to turn it around. I just go back to the back again. I, I, ain't, I ain't messing with it. I ain't playing with that. How many of you have been guilty? A lot of you are lying right now. Let's try it again. How many of you have been guilty? Somebody needs to come over here and preach. Cherry's about to jump out of a seat. Yeah, Pastor, I got you, buddy. I love that guy. Joseph, they just tag-teamed the rest of it. How many of you ever duck behind a promo thing they always put at the end of the cart like, I can hide here, get behind this Duke's mayonnaise display? Nobody ever knows. They think I'm praying over here. Jesus, help me get some lower prices in Walmart. I need a break today. It's been tough this month. How about just greeting them? Me too. I, this is me. I, I just want to learn to be gracious to those that, that are deemed my enemy for whatever reason. What about disarming people? That's the second thing. That's what you do when you turn the other cheek or go the second mile. You disarm them by doing the very thing they least expect. So not only are you greeting them graciously and, and don't worry about the response they give back. This is between you and God. To be honest with you, this is saying, God, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to do right as much as depends on me. And then, then you disarm them by doing that. they are kind of surprised by, why. Well, he spoke to me. He hasn't spoken to me in 20 years since I took his girlfriend away in seventh grade. He's been mad at me that whole time. And finally, then third, you ready to up to Annie? Take it a step further? Do good to them. It's fascinating that both times in this passage, when Jesus says, love your enemies, he follows it immediately by saying, do good to them. Can you write that out so you just kind of remember it better? Do good to them. Four simple words, not big ones, not, not long ones, just do good to them. Doing good to your enemies means seeing beyond your pain and their ugliness to their humanity. See, that's what we've got to get a hold of, folks. The bigger picture that every person is a precious soul that God created. Thank you, brother. Every person. No matter how ugly, mean, and vile they've been to you or anybody else. I know this isn't easy. But if it was easy, everybody would be doing it right. That's at least what we used to say in South Estonia. So, Doing good means that you will do what will promote their healing despite the way that they hate you and have treated you. The idea is you make the first move. You send the email. You pick up the phone. You make the contact. You bridge the gap. You set the appointment. That's what God's calling us to, to do good. Number four, refuse to speak evil of them. (laughs) Let's just all take a moment and repent right here. And that's what he meant, Jesus, when he said, bless those who curse you. It means you refuse to think evil thoughts and you refuse to speak evil words against those who have wronged you. God, please forgive us of that. Proverbs has a great deal to say about the power of words. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Every time we open our mouth, life or death comes out. And I'm telling you. Our words are powerful. Number five, thank God for them. If you have an honest to goodness enemy, you should frame their picture and thank God for them every day. And now you're thinking, Pastor, you have totally lost it. (laughs) Maybe so, but this is true right here, okay? This is the gospel. Well, you won't see that. Frame picture thing in there, but but kind of in a way you do. If you believe in the sovereignty of God, you must believe that your enemy is sent to you by God's design and with God's approval. And man, you're kind of saying, okay, this is getting a little out there. Your enemy could not torment you apart from God's permission if you're a child of God. That is the truth. Behind your enemy stands the hand of God, and God would never permit it if He did not intend to bring something good out of it. You should take that picture of your enemy, frame it, put it where you can see it on a daily basis, and thank God for them every time you look at that. picture that sounds completely crazy and totally upside down right but you got to love it because we don't live in the right side up kingdom number six pray for them when martin Niemoller, a german pastor was arrested by the nazis in world war ii he prayed daily from his prison cell for his captors other prisoners asked why he was doing that to those who were his enemies and do you know anyone who needs your prayers more than your enemies he replied But what if you hate the person you are praying for? Tell that to the Lord. He will not be surprised. Amen? Then say something like this, Lord. Just We're all about honesty, right? Just just pray this, Lord. I hate this person. But you already know that, right? (laughs) Come on. He knows the thoughts and intents of our hearts. He knows everything. You already know that. I ask you to love this person through me because I can't do it in my own power. I ask you for a love that I don't have and cannot begin to produce on my own. God, will you not turn away when you come with an honest heart? He will not push you aside. He will bless and honor those kinds of prayers. Admitting that we need his love to flow through us all. And then number seven, ask God to bless them. Wow. You're talking about up and up and up in the ante. Here's a simple way to do that when faced with someone who has mistreated you, ask God to do for them what you want God to do for you. And you talk about powerful? That will literally change lives, and yours is going to be at the top of the list, right? It will change your life and my life if we begin to practice these powerful things. Think of it this way, the greater the hurt, the greater the potential blessing that will come when we totally forgive and by God's grace bless those who curse us. 1957, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. preached on loving your enemies. (laughs) At the Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama and as he came... To the end of the sermon, he said, there is a little tree planted on a little hill. And on that tree hangs the most influential person who ever came into this world. And the cross of Christ, the love of God, has broken through into human history. Now we know what love looks like in a world filled with hatred, distrust, bitterness, pain, mistreatment, and abuse. As the hymn writer said, see from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. It is a message from God that love is the only way. It's the only way to heaven, and it's the only way to live here on this earth until we get there. If we believe in Jesus at all, we must say to our enemies, I love you, and I would rather die than hate you. Whoa, Man, that's some good preaching. I wish I could come close to the way he delivered that. I love you and I would rather die than to hate you. As you close your eyes with me for just a moment. When Jesus walks with us, we're going to find the strength to love our enemies, to bless those who curse us and to pray for those who despitefully use us. You can write this down later, but folks, the only possible way that this can happen is through the power of God with the help of his Holy Spirit working in us and through us. With every eye closed for just another moment, here's what I want to ask of every one of us right now. I want to ask those enemies that you pictured in your mind's eye when I first started, after hearing not my words, I pray. But I pray you heard the words of Jesus Christ himself. That he delivered on that historic day on that hillside. And he came to this part. And he upped the ante as as high as you could go and said, Love your enemies not once but twice. If you're in this room right now and you pictured an enemy or multiple people that would consider an enemy in your life. Here's what I'm asking. I don't want to see your hands raised in the air. I just want to ask you to get up from where you're seated and walk to the front of this church and meet me down here too as I stand in need of God's help to carry out this tough command that he's given to all of us would you come now pray with me and stand with me as we we decide to trust Jesus in this very 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 difficult call trust him to heal us to help us to love in us and love through us to do these hard things that we we once said I will never I, I could even imagine but would you come now prayer partners would you begin to come and make your way down to help us cover these that are already here and those that are coming and there's one more area I want to ask for anybody in this room that it may be you that have set yourself to be an enemy of somebody it may be you and me that have made that mistake that have hurt somebody we're we're focused on them what they've done to us but what about us what we've done to others if you're in this room and you got some of that going on I want to invite you to come now and I need men and women to come and pray and pray and pray and cover and partner with those that are around the altar of this church right now would you come gather around these and there's one more call that I can't help but to make this morning before we do pray. And that is if you're in this room or if you're watching us right now or if you're listening to us later on this week when you're riding down the road, you're at work, you're doing your workout, whatever it may be, and you need to surrender your whole life to Jesus, you need Him to come and free you and heal you and help you and save you from all of your sins just like we all desperately need. Would you come right now if you're in this room? If you're not in this room, would you contact us immediately and reach out to us at church on our Facebook page, wherever you can. Call me on my cell phone, 980-522-1509. Whatever you have to do, get in touch with us. But right now is your moment. see God change your life. Would everybody stand across this room? I need a few more people to come down. We don't have enough to pray. We've got one person with each person, but I want more people with these people as you come and begin to love on them and minister to them. Would you do that right now? Would you partner with your family members, men and women across this room? I want some of our students to come and begin to pray and, and minister to these folks. God, help us today. Help us to truly live like you're calling us to live. Help us to truly see our hearts change, God, from the inside out. We're not putting on a show, God, but there is deep spiritual transformation as your truth comes and moves out the lies and the deception, God, and the Holy Spirit reigns free and and, and fills us, fills us to overflowing, God, to be able to do these crazy upside-down sounding things to this natural world that you have commanded and called us to as the people of God. Right now, God, I just pray that all hate be removed. Right now, I just speak for all bitterness to be be deployed from our lives, God, that it would not last, God, that unforgiveness, Lord, would be crucified and nailed to the cross as we release those people. What we're doing is releasing ourselves, God. Thank you for that gift of freedom. Thank you for that gift of forgiveness, that gift of love. As you love us, God, thank you, Lord, for people who are serious today about transformation and are here to say, God, I desperately need you and I receive you in my life today fully and completely in all of these ways, Lord, all of these ways of healing and wholeness, God, deliverance, God, that I'm set free, that I release them now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, for that freedom that's come. I thank you, Lord, for that freedom that's mine. And right now, God, I choose to bless. And I choose to pray for God. And I choose to reach out. And I choose to embrace and to greet God as you embrace and greet us, God. I choose you in all of these things, Lord. God, I pray that you help me, you help us all to truly walk this out in all of our lives Jesus thank you thank you so much for loving us enough to deal with the hard things for loving us enough to do the difficult things and not just the easy ones and today we surrender to that in Jesus name and everybody said, would you continue to pray minister around this as we worship God together celebrate with us this morning church he is worthy of all of our praise. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. For more information, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.